Welcome to the Tim Fowler Show, where production is paramount and we discuss the tools, time, and people associated with getting jobs done and making a profit. On today's episode of the Tim Fowler Show, we will be talking about using your company for charitable giving with the help of special guest Russell Fuller of Fuller Living Construction in Seattle, Washington. Alongside Tim Fowler, I'm your co-host Steve Wheeler. Here is the Tim Fowler Show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Tim Fowler Show and thank you once again for tuning in. So I mentioned on another podcast that... uh, be careful what you say to me because I might turn right around and go, you need to be on my podcast. And that's the the way that this podcast came about. I was at a company visiting them in Seattle uh, several weeks ago and the owner, Russell Fuller, mentioned something to me and I said, wow, we've got to have you on the podcast. So that's where we uh, originated this, but keep the ideas coming. I keep working on trying to fill those as best I can. For many of us, thinking about other people is just part of our worldview. In many cases, uh, people have started charitable foundations. Uh, Others, it's a function of being involved in a religious organization. Uh, For still others, and particularly, I remember Haiti and any number of other places, Houston, places where hurricanes went through recently, where people would literally load up go down, start building, uh, putting stuff back together. Then, of course, we have the what seems to be everywhere bike rides and runs that raise money for all kinds of charitable causes. It seems like the possibilities are endless for our charitable side. So people have said often that charity, you know, starts at home, but it's really very interesting to Uh, talk about and experience companies that are actually making it part of their standard process. It's one thing to have a big chunk of money in the bank and then, you know, oh, what are we going to do with this? We'll give some of it away. Maybe it's a tax thing, but it's quite another thing to say, hey, X amount of money is going off uh, to a charity. So our guest today, like a few other remodelers that I've heard of, has chosen to commit a certain amount of his net profit to a local charity. So like I said before, I had the opportunity to visit with him. I was fascinated by the story, and I just thought that uh, it would be great to have him on. Awesome. I'm excited to introduce Russell Fuller. He's the owner of Fuller Living Construction, a company started 10 years ago in Seattle, Washington. They specialize in custom remodeling in older homes. Russell has a passion for giving back, and currently Fuller Living Construction provides for charities such as the Aurora Commons in Seattle, Washington. Welcome to the show, Russell. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hey, Russell. It's so great to to have you on. Um, Just give us a little bit of information about uh, Fuller Living. What what kind of work do you do? How much work per year? What's your staff like? Well, we specialize in the Seattle, uh, city of Seattle, working on older homes, typically built in the early teens and 20s, and everything related to remodeling those older homes. And um, our staff fluctuates, but right now we have 19 employees. Wow. And um, last year we did 3.3 million in revenue, 
and hoping to grow that this year as well. Uh, looking to do about 4.5 okay. um, with our current employee. Oh, that's fantastic. So, uh, like I mentioned in the introduction, uh, charity starts at home, if you will. So, and an awful lot of who we are as adults starts when we're kids. So is there anything about your childhood or your upbringing that uh, kind of creates this charitable nature? Oh, well, we're going to have to edit this one out because no, there isn't. <laughs> well, no, that, <laughs> there is, no, that, that, it's quite that's quite the opposite. Yeah, well, maybe actually, that. I mean, here's the thing is I, I was always, okay, actually, no, I mean, just, just keep going here. So yeah. my father's a police officer, uh, mother's a nurse, okay. and uh, I grew up always seeing money as a, as, a, as, a, as a thing that was scarce. Okay. And uh, it was always about budgeting and yep. it was always about limited uh, amount of money. I always felt, you know, bad about asking for a Shirley Temple at the pizza <laughs> parlor. Um, and um, so the, never once had conversations about charitable giving uh, ever in my youth. Wow. Um, and um, because I always viewed those things uh, as not um, applicable because the conversation more in my household was about saving money. Uh, putting things away uh-huh. uh, for uh, retirement, for vacations, uh, but never, uh, never charity. Okay, so now when I was there visiting with you, you told me the story of how you got started doing this. I would love if you would tell all the listeners that story. Like so, and it's and it's even bigger right now that you said, you know, it, it didn't really start when you were a kid. So at some point in time. There's a major transformation in your life in terms of giving money. So when I first started the company uh, 10 years ago, the first uh, five years were just a matter of surviving and not having any excess money and always being concerned about just paying the bills, just paying the mortgage, just keeping my car running and all those things. (laughs) Uh, Never had any concept of anything other than that. And when there was a sort of tipping point, uh, it's, it was three years ago, um, where I had some excess money, which I've never had before, and I didn't really, you know, never having any sort of uh, excess money, didn't really know what to do with it. So I, was, I literally was just putting it in a coffee can in my basement. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, a Folgers coffee can. Oh, no. And um, this, this, this was back when I used to take cash for some jobs, um, right. which, you know, I, I don't need more. But uh, so I would, every time I got cash, I would put it in this coffee can. And that ended up getting up to like $10,000 uh, in this coffee can. And at the time, I had an old Subaru that had a clutch that needed to be replaced. But you know how it is. You could just keep driving the old clutch for a while, just flip right. it and all that. And, um, and I uh, was visiting a friend who works for the Aurora Commons, which provides healthcare services and other services for uh, folks on the Aurora Corridor, which is a highway through Seattle. Uh, which right. has a lot of problems with homelessness, uh, prostitution. Um, um, and so the Aurora Commons is a nonprofit organization that provides services uh, for those people in need. And um, I was hanging out uh, with Lisa, and um, they mentioned that the Aurora Commons was in need of money, otherwise they're going to have to close down. And all of a sudden, uh, a voice came in my head. Um, you know, some call it God, I call it God, but call it whatever yeah. you want. And uh, just said, give, give the money, give the money now, sort of thing. And it was very direct and it was very sudden. And the thought had never occurred to me before that. It had nothing to do with me. 
Right. It came from somewhere else. And so I literally went home. I didn't tell her because I was still, you know, I, I wanted to give myself, a, I wanted to give myself an out, you know, like yeah. give myself a chance to talk myself out of it actually. And yeah. so I uh, went home and I grabbed the coffee can and, um, you know, $10,000 in cash is, is, is a lot of money to behold. And, uh, definitely, uh, when I came back to her and I say, I said, I, you know, I have something for you, uh, for the commons, I handed it to her. Definitely one of those moments where I was like sort of handing it, but still holding on to it. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> thinking about, <laughs> thinking about, you know, my old plush in the Subaru, maybe like starting a college saving, savings to the kids, that type of stuff. But I knew that they needed it more and that I could, I could make more. And yeah. so I, I gave it to her and, um, only recently learned the impact of that, of that initial amount, uh, allowed them to stay open, allowed them wow. to keep giving services. And as a result, they asked me to speak at their benefit, their gala, which is a nice um, event that they hold. And there's probably, gosh, I don't know, five, 600 people there. It's a wow. fundraising event. Wow. So there's, a, there's a silent auction and it's, it's a, your typical sort of fundraising event for a nonprofit. But I was asked to be their keynote speaker because I gave, you know, more than anyone else that year. <laughs> um, and... So anyways, I don't know if I'm going too far here. No, this, but, is, fan um, this is fantastic. Yeah, so I, uh, I had to write a speech, and I like speaking. I'm not too good at it, but I'm not bad at it, and I, I enjoy it. And so I had to write a speech for it and um, thought about the speech for a long time, and, and it came to me, and I uh, just decided to be honest and to be vulnerable um, and to tell my story, which right. is uh, on our website. Actually, if you go on our community page, you can see that speech. That was my first year. Yeah. Um, and that speech that I gave on the website and, um, basically talking about as a small business owner, giving from a place of abundance and not from a place of scarcity. Right. Uh, and considering charitable giving as, as just another cost essentially as, as a fixed cost. Wow. Something to be negotiated or not something to be thought about as an after product of excess, you know, income or whatnot. And so after giving this speech, um, a lot of people came up to me and said that not only, you know, did they give more money because of the speech that I gave, which truly was inspired by God. It, it literally came to me directly. I just wrote it down. I was just trying to write as fast as I was being told the message. Yeah. And, um, but after that, my phone started ringing and those same people that gave more also decided that they didn't want to hire, they wanted to hire us right. because of that, because right. Not only are we the highest rated contractor on Google, give 10% of our net profit to this charity, which uh, provides a wonderful service. And all things being the same, uh, they chose to hire us. And that really clued me into something that I had never thought about when I was right. handing over that coffee can full of cash. <laughs> right. So, so your current commitment to the organization is 10% of your... Net profit. Net profit. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a, that's pretty cool. So, what does that look like in real dollars? Like for for this last year, two thousand eighteen. Do you mind sharing that number with us? Yeah, it's about thirty thousand dollars. That's amazing. Uh, or that's fantastic. Somewhere around there for last yeah. year, and we're looking to do more than that this year. Yeah. Uh, and there's also uh, more to it than that, and that I have my. Uh, I also raise money from other friends but also oh. insist that my subcontractors also donate to this charity. 
because I want to make sure that every single person that works for me also shares similar values. That's, that's really incredible. Before we move on, I want to take a moment to tell our listeners about something that I think is really big. On Thursday, September 26th, we are hosting our third annual production conference in Orlando, Florida. It's the only industry event delivered by fellow production superstars. That means you'll be hearing from people facing the same challenges and experiences that you face every day. Led by yours truly, this year's event features panelists and presenters with long-term experience with production management. As with previous years, this year's event will feature a healthy mix of large group presentations, small interactive breakout sessions, and networking opportunities to speak with the presenters and your fellow peers. And we're expecting over 200 production managers, project managers, and lead carpenters, so the networking opportunities abound. Visit productioncon.com to register. I want to see you there. Now back to the interview. So I guess one of the questions, the other questions I have is like running a business is tough. And like you were suggesting earlier, it, you know, sometimes it's like we're, we're just struggling to, to make money. Does it ever in the last three years, has it ever occurred to you when it came time to write that check or hand over that coffee can full of money <laughs> that uh, you went like, I need this for something else? Does that does that hit you or is it is it just like your condition now? And so you don't even think that way. Well, it, it definitely does. I, I think about that a little bit, but I also try to give the money as soon as I can in the year yep. to meet that obligation because I know that the sooner they get it, the better for them and, and, and they can plan their year uh, as a nonprofit organization. So to me, that is actually, um, I would say, uh, first priority even uh, above taxes. Okay. So I meet my charitable obligation before any other obligation in the, in the year. That's that's very cool. That's very cool. So tell us a little bit more about what this charity does. And and I understand you've had experience recently where they um, they've really shared with you some very specific things about how your money has helped people. Well, the organization provides a place. It's on Aurora, on 85th and Aurora, I believe, or 88th and Aurora. Anyways, they um, it's a safe place for people to go that are in need. Um, to get uh, medical assistance. There's a mobile medical truck that shows up uh, out front to uh, give people uh, medical care and testing. Uh, They also provide um, internet access, uh, people looking to get jobs uh, for just a safe place to go. Right. Um, And it is sort of a light in a very dark cave, I think, for a lot of people. Yeah. And... um, and uh, the ladies, the, the people, the ladies and men that run it are all amazing and are just are just so passionate about what they do. And it literally all started as an idea from these people years ago, years before I met them, is recognizing a problem on Aurora. Instead of complaining about how the government doesn't <laughs> do anything, they decided to do something and started this nonprofit. And now... Uh, and it's not just our giving, but they're very good at grant writing and, and, and getting funds from all sorts of resources, um, right. city government, all the, um, lots of things. And so we're just we're just a small part uh, yeah. in in their success. 
So, Russell, uh, before Aurora Commons, had there been any other charity given? Is that something you've done before? Or this really kind of hit us, you know, touched a hard string with you? Well, I've always been very giving with my money. And uh, in terms of if anyone ever needs anything, um, family or friends, I'll always take care of them. And uh, so I think that that feeling is something that was within me before I did that. Um, and um, anyways, that's the end of that. Well, that's good. And I just want to note you and I are friends, right? Just kidding. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, <laughs> do you some money? Just kidding. So, my next question is about your employees. <laughs> are they aware and what's the buy in? Because, you know, 10% of the net is also known as, in a lot of companies, maybe used as a bonus of sorts. And uh, I'm just wondering if the employees had a, you know, if you talked to them about it or, or if there's also a bonus paid to the employees. What's, what's, you know, how does that work? Well, um, so when I get to uh, do the speech uh, now, um, now we've been supporting the conference for three years, I always invite my employees to sit at this benefit. And I get to speak first as a keynote speaker, and they get to hear that message and, and hear about what I'm about. And, and we do talk about this. It's on the website. People do know about it when they, when they seek employment with us because uh, we're pretty upfront about it. It's something that we do. Uh, but then after I speak, uh, someone else will speak, um, maybe a city council person after me, and then someone that directly benefited from the commons will speak, and we'll talk about how their life was a certain way and, and, and they were going down a certain path that probably would lead to their death or something like that. Right. And uh, they found the commons, and because of that, they're alive. So I get a little choked up when I talk about this, but, um, they, uh, and then I look at my employees and usually about halfway through that person speaking, a lot of my employees are in tears, uh, and they realize that, uh, what we're doing isn't just, you know, framing a wall or digging a hole or whatever, but like if we do really do really good work and, and, and clients are happy and, and they leave more, you know, good reviews and allows us to keep growing the business. And as a result, keep giving more to this organization, which saves lives. is just yeah. a plain way of putting it. And getting them to, to see that uh, by inviting them to the benefit and also mentioning it throughout the year is a way to get buy-in from everyone. Yeah. And is a big part of our retention, employee retention, and is a big uh, point of, of who we hire because I get a lot of people that, want to work for us because of that. And those are the kind of people I want to hire. Right. So as we wind this down a little bit, Russell, what would you tell listeners that are listening, you know, in on this, that to get them, uh, what, what would you encourage them to do if they wanted to take action on something like this? What, what, how, how would they get started? Oh, well, I think the biggest step is just the first step, which is uh, committing to giving a certain amount instead of it being an undefined amount or something that happens at the end of the year based on how the year goes. I think it should be something that happens at the beginning of the year and just factor it into the fixed cost of the company. And also uh, picking an organization that's going to allow uh, some visibility, some publicity. So the thing that the Commons is doing for us as a company is that they're putting on this video where they're going to interview me. Right. Um, and use us as an example, uh, you know, um, to 
perhaps get other small business donors, which of course works good for us in terms of publicity. Sure. And uh, being being able to speak at their gala event has really been a wonderful thing for the business. In fact, the charitable giving, the amount that we gave has actually been our greatest marketing investment. I get more business <laughs> from the uh after after we speak i get more business from that investment than any other investment that we've been doing in seo right. or any other sort of advertising so if done correctly and your organization has a platform uh, to allow the business owner to speak to be visible um and also it's important i believe to have a community page which we have on our website okay and uh to to essentially be very upfront with charitable giving and uh, not hide it. I talk to a lot of people, a lot of contractors uh, that I've met. Uh, one of the first questions I ask is, you know, what do they do for charity? And it's oftentimes something they don't want to talk about or <laughs> something that uh, they don't really talk about publicly. And I don't really get that. I don't really understand that. And I think that uh, it shouldn't be a secret. Um, they, should, they should be proud of what they give and, and they should advertise it. And that will only increase their business if done correctly. It's an old Puritan uh, mindset where you know, the right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. And so that's kind of where all that, that comes from. But uh, this has been absolutely fantastic. And I really appreciate a couple of the things you mentioned. But I think the big deal is just uh, benefit for you and benefit for the charity. But the charity was first. I think the benefit for you came as a result of the selfless giving to the charity. And I think that's, that's the key. That's the key to the whole thing. Yep. It was a happy accident that yes. I could have never, ever predicted. That's a great way to, to, to call it a happy accident. Fantastic. <laughs> thank you so much for being with us, Russell. Really appreciate it. All right, thank you. All right. Thank you, Russell. Take care. Tim, I know that this show was a little different, but I, I enjoyed a lot of pieces of this. I think that, uh, Russell said something very important to me when he uh, when he gave the money initially. It wasn't exactly he he mentioned holding on to it a little longer yeah. than possible. Yeah. But he also said that it kind of set a, a motivation in him where he knew he could make it back, almost a, a confidence reinsurance. But I think anytime you've uh, you've ever volunteered or give to charity. I mean, it's, it's endless how it makes you feel. It just makes everything a little better. And he mentioned that in how different parts of the business blossomed based on this charity. So I don't know what you want to call it, but I, I do believe that people can be selfish in their giving mm -hmm. and they can say, I'm going to do this because it will increase my sales. And I, I don't know what you want to call it, but I kind of feel like that doesn't work. But I think what he did really works it, where you give and then it comes back to you. And again, getting back to that kind of biblical thought, you know, it, it's like it gets uh, it fills up the cup and then it all spills over at some point. And that's obviously what's happening with him in terms of his business. I really like the concept of deciding what you want to give. And so if you want to give $30,000 a year to a charity, you build it into the cost of your product. You put it in there. You say, I'm going to charge my clients an extra, you know, whatever percentage. So they, in fact, I'm giving, yes, but they're, in fact, giving as well. And I just thought that was a great thought. Yeah, and and I, to what you said about selfish giving, by no means it was uh, 
Russell putting this in his marketing budget, I think that just became an offshoot and is in a, a very positive symptom of him yeah. giving. But you can tell by his emotion that, you know, yeah. it really changed a lot of things. So it's it's very important. And you know, I think just us showing people what, what things are possible for companies is, is why some of the uh, parts of this podcast are important. Well, yeah, it's just fantastic. I, I really, I really appreciate him taking some time to be on with us. We probably heard the kids in the background yep he's got a busy life and he so does. Uh, i appreciate him taking some time awesome well once again we would like to thank russell fuller for joining us today and we want to thank you for listening to another episode of the tim fowler show and remember at the tim fowler show we're working hard to eliminate it is what it is from your vocabulary this has been another episode of the tim fowler show want to hire tim and fast track your growth Visit remodelersadvantage.com slash consulting to learn more. And if you'd like more information about Roundtables, our world-class peer advisory program, please send me an email at steve at remodelersadvantage.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the show and comment on iTunes. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.